0: Element exists for one thing, there's one thing that we're all here for, there's one thing that I'm here for, there's one thing that Element does, talks about, it's the person named Jesus. And everything Jesus is, and everything he ever did, and everything he ever said, where he is now, where he was then, we're all about this one thing. And we all come into this room with different assumptions, preconceived notions, different knowledge about Jesus. A lot of us probably come in here that have heard bits and pieces of the story, know what Christmas is, and know it involves a Christmas tree. I don't know how that's tied in together. And Easter, with the bunny and some eggs, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. So many of you come in here with this kind of assumption, and, and, and that's okay. Many of us come in here, we know the Sunday school lessons, we know the Sunday school rhetoric, but we don't know what it means for us, for our lives. Maybe that's you. And maybe you're in the situation where your parents just dropped you off and you don't know, you don't care. I get it. I've been there. I've been there. And I'm glad you're here. This is where you should be. I want you here. Okay, but there's one thing that ties us all together. And it's this one person named Jesus. And I wouldn't truly be loving you guys if I didn't tell you his story. Because it is the greatest story known to man. It is the greatest story ever told. It's this intergalactic, interdimensional, cosmic, greatest story ever told. And I want to preview it with this. This is out of the Bible. This is Ephesians chapter 2. And this is what it says. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. This is a translation that's saying you're stuck. You're stuck in the bad stuff in life. You're stuck there. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You've done that. I've done that. you filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. You've taken in lies and then you've done evil. You've taken in garbage and then you've thrown up garbage on the world. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing us. Doing all of us in the same boat. So that means the people who do this, your sin's worse than my sin. They're very wrong. We're all in the same boat. No, 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 no. We've all done this. We're all in this same boat. It's a wonder that God didn't lose his temper and just wipe us out. We deserved it. Instead, that's where we pick up tonight. He should just wipe you out instead. That should be the sweetest words to your ears right now. Instead, the story goes like this for thousands and thousands of years. People have tried to be perfect for God, but they've been separated from God by sin and death. And it's like two different dimensions that can't touch. But God told people, through people, that someone would come along and fix all of it. And someone different than any man who had ever lived, you'd know it when you saw him. You'd know it when you heard him talk. You'd know it when you see him do the things that he was doing for people. So just over 2,000 years ago in the Middle East on the other side of this planet, an unmarried teenager got pregnant. And she knew it was this crazy miracle and this mission from God that was spoken to her by angels, giving her a heads up on what's going on, but a lot of people thought it was lies. Her fiance caught wind of this news from God, too, and stuck with her, and a little baby was born. And so that that baby and his family dodged death a few times because people wanted to kill the new king that was born. People were calling this baby a king. So the king, the, the king of the land was saying, I need to kill this person. Can you see how important this person was? They weren't even talking or walking yet. And the most powerful people in the land wanted him dead. What does that say? They got away to a little town. Think of like Alda. Sorry if you're from Alda. A little town like Alda. And they settled down. And the kid grew up as a carpenter's son, we didn't hear much about him, the trail kind of went cold, and then 30 years later, it picks back up again. And this kid's cousin, who knew the crazy stuff that was kind of happening in the family, was down at the river baptizing people left and right, and he was saying, hey, the king is coming, I know, I know him, the king is coming, you need to make your life right, you need to get with it, it's happening. And that's where this kid from Alda made an appearance as a grown man. And he approaches his cousin. And his cousin says, I'm not even worthy to stand next to you. You want me to baptize you? And the kid goes, who's now a man, goes, do it. God said so. And his cousin said, good enough for me. And so he baptizes this guy. And after he was baptized, that's when all of this earth-shattering stuff started happening, Cecil. A lot of people like to argue, well, Jesus never really existed. Like, he was just kind of made up to make people feel good. Just make them feel better about life and get them through. False. That's bad research. If you had done any looking into the subject, you would find that no serious scholar, atheist or religious are arguing whether or not he really existed, or whether or not he was alive on this planet. They're just arguing whether he was God or not. So a little while later, he drops back in on this church service in his hometown, and he walks up the front, opens the word of God, and reads these words from a prophet. And he basically says, God's spirit is with me, and he's chosen me to preach the message of the good news to the poor. He sent me to be the person that saves everyone and sets people free. And he shuts the book, and he sits down, and all eyes are on him. And he goes, that's me. I'm here. This is the day. It's, it's talking about me. The day is now. And so from, from then on, he went out from there telling people that he had everything that God had. That he and God were one and the same, and there's two options at this point. Either this man is a complete lunatic, or he really thinks he's God. Either this man is insane, or he's God. And he was telling people about what heaven was like as if he'd been there. And how they could find peace and joy. And that people that hated him the most were the religious people. Because he was tearing down all their power structures. But the people who loved him the most were the people that were broken and hurting. Real people. With real problems. That's you and I. Because over and over again he was setting people free from that stuff. So the religious people kept getting more jealous and angry. And they just wanted to kill him to get it over with. And on that note, he predicted his death multiple times, and it happened exactly how he said it would. He told people what they were thinking and then stunned them stupid with his ideas and his teachings. He told people he was the only way to heaven. He said he was God. He said he would save everyone and anyone who believed in him. This guy performed miracles. He was getting famous for it. Miracles turning water to wine, walking on water. The deaf can hear, the blind can see. People who have never walked in their life are standing up and walking around. He raised people from the dead. This is recorded history. He was so confident and so sure of what he was doing that he was telling people, listen to me. If you don't even believe what I'm saying, at least believe what I'm doing, wake up. And through all this, he kept breaking records and slam dunking all the predictions earlier in the Bible had written. He wasn't just something new. He was fitting what God said would happen like a glove. He was literally the only person that could ever be him. And a lot of people say, well, Jesus was just a good teacher. He's just a dude that that caught a lot of attention. He didn't really perform miracles. And besides, the only thing that ever said he performed miracles was the Bible. False. Do your research. In fact, history has it recorded that people in other countries were writing about Jesus when this happened. This was on the other side of the planet 2,000 years ago. People in other countries were writing down. There's this boy named Jesus that is just stirring up trouble. And he's running around doing something that only magicians with powers do. They were writing this down. And we have those writings today. These were people in other countries referring to Jesus. Jesus never did miracles. He never did any of that false. Religious people hated him so much because he said... He was better than their religion. They hated him, so they figured out a way to kill him, and so they did. And they spit on him, and they kicked him, and they ripped him to shreds in front of hundreds, probably thousands of people. And here's a man that never did anything wrong. Here's an innocent man that did nothing but love people here's an innocent man that never sinned and they ripped him to shreds the only thing he ever did was save lives and encourage people and heal people and they ripped him to shreds but they didn't win because he knew this would happen it was a part of the plan from the beginning He was here to accomplish a task God had given him to do. And you and I may never understand the weight of that moment. But it affects us here tonight. Pray with me. Lord, we don't understand a lot about the universe. about our spirits, about our souls, but it is so a part of who we are. And if we ignore it, we hate ourselves for it. And we have this burning desire in our hearts that there's something more to life than just us, life and death on this planet, the way it is. This is the greatest story ever told. And I pray for those students that are trying to figure out what they're going to do with this story that you give them a hand tonight. You help them out. Because they got some decisions to make in life. Not just what they eat for breakfast, but what they're going to do with their eternity. Give us a little bit of understanding tonight, God. We may never understand it. But somehow, some way, the way he was ripped apart, nailed on a cross and put to death, built a bridge between you and God. It made a way for me to be with God. And there's a lot of fancy ways of saying this, but it boils down to this. He did this because he wants you to feel loved. And it ain't the kind of love that's like, I'll hold your hand. It's not the kind of love that's like, I'll take you to a dance. It's the kind of love that says, I'll die for you, my friend. I'll die for you. He wasn't about to sit around and watch you suffer and die alone. He knows you. And he knows your name and he knows your pain. And he wants you to feel that love. He wants you to see that love. He wants you to hear that love. He wants you to be with God. He wants you to be with Him. And that's what people mean when they say, Jesus set me free. Jesus has saved me. They're saying, Jesus saved me from this hell on earth that I live in. Jesus saved me from being alone in my pain. And He gave me a new way out. And everyone thought it was over when he died, but that was only another checkpoint in the story. He not only predicted his death, but he also predicted that the same spirit that gave him power to heal and raise the dead was also going to raise him too from the dead. And by that, he slapped death in the face and said, you got nothing on me. And he pointed at you and he said, and you see them, they're mine, you got nothing on me. And he appeared in front of a ton of people when he rose from the dead and the people who killed him admitted that the body was gone they blamed it on his followers stealing the body but you can't buy that for a second because even in the bible it says that his followers ran a town or two away because they were afraid they were going to go ripped to shreds too they weren't around a lot of people say okay yeah resurrection the tomb wasn't empty false do your research The people who killed him confirmed the tomb was empty. The army who killed him said the body was stolen. It's gone. All they needed to do to prove anybody otherwise was pick up the body and say, here's your God, shut up. But they couldn't. Because there was no body. And so they didn't. You probably wouldn't be sitting here today if that body was in the tomb. rose from the dead and there's witnesses and I can talk about the evidence but here's this part he promised that he would be with everyone who turned to him for help and hope that the same spirit that raised him from the dead is now with you do you feel loved do you feel safe And he said, you have to go tell people because they're so helpless without me. You have to go tell people about this because they're living in hell on earth without me. And he left so his spirit could come and be with everyone who believes in him. And it's hard to understand, but he said it had to be that way. And at this point, I'm like, you got it, man. You got it. And you can read about what happened next. It's called the New Testament. And a lot of people will say, oh great, Jesus came and he died and he rose again. But then he left. He's not here anymore. False. I'd stand up for him, but I'll use his own words. He says, and be sure of this, he's talking to you. I'm with you. Do you know the promises Jesus made to you? This is one of them. I will be with you always. Till the end of your life and beyond. This is the best story ever told. It's a confirmed history of true events that happened some 2,000 years ago on the other side of this planet. This is Jesus. So we're back where we started. Here we sit, helpless, shipwrecked. And we deserved nothing but punishment instead. Ephesians 2 says this. This is in the Bible. It says instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, God embraced us. And he took our sins, dead lives and made us alive in Jesus. And he did all this on his own with no help from us because we didn't do anything to deserve this. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus. Do you need picked up tonight? Do you need picked up and set down next to Jesus? Pray with me. God, if we need picked up, we know we're stuck in sin and slime and everything evil on this earth. We know we're stuck. And the only thing that can save us is if you pick us up. The only thing that can save us is if you do only the things that you can do. The cross, the burial, and the resurrection is our hope. It proves to us that you are who you say you are, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And you didn't love specific people, you loved the whole world. Not a certain race of people, the whole world. Not a certain group of people, the whole world. And so tonight, if there's any soul in here that believes that they can't be saved, I pray that you shatter that lie in a thousand pieces. A thousand pieces. Amen. So listen, if you need hope tonight, Jesus died for you. And there is so much love and there is so much grace and there is so much hope that you wouldn't even believe it. You just got to turn and receive it. And for those of you who have put your hope in Jesus, man, this story doesn't end with death, burial, and resurrection. The story is still being written, and you're here in the midst of it. We are here because we are part of God's, God's story. And the stupidest thing you could do is do nothing without faith the stupidest thing you could do is not put a light into this dark world with that faith the stupidest thing you could do is let that faith fade and you return back to the gallows man you gotta think about this you die tomorrow do you understand that life is a vapor Do you understand that? And everything in this world will fade, but Jesus is king. Do you understand that? And maybe tonight you need to start praying how this year is going to be different. And maybe tonight you need to start praying and start being honest with yourself. And honest with God. Maybe tonight you need to start praying about how I can start being a kingdom worker instead of a bench warmer. And maybe you need to pray tonight about how you can actually be a leader in your small group and help someone else come to Christ and have the hope that you do. Maybe you need to start praying that tonight. Maybe you need to check your priorities. Maybe you need to check what you're worshiping. Are you worshiping another person? They'll fail you. Guarantee it. You know why? Because they'll die too. Check your devotion. Where's it at? 20 seconds, I want you to pray to the God of the universe before we sing this next song. And I am so confident in saying this, he's listening to you, because he listens to me. 20 seconds.